God wants us to experience. He wants us to be in His presence. What God did is He began to change people. And as He began to change people, then He began to change the culture. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We are so honored that you are here today listening. I'm Kyle Reno with Bill Elif here. We have the privilege of walking us into some revival truths and hearing some awesome testimonies of Mm -hmm. things that are happening. And last episode, you know, we really spent some time learning about fasting together and we want to take that conversation a little further. Yeah, you know, uh, fasting means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And some have right Understanding. Yeah. Some have some good misunderstandings yeah. about that. I know you're one of your kids. They do. They uh, do. Exhibited that. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my sons, I won't sell them out. Uh, yeah. Six-year-old son, though. So if you're around here, you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about now. Uh, we were doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, and and Katie and I were doing a Daniel uh, fast together, and so uh, he was picking up on it. And we try to share along the lines, but at some point, you know, about meal on day eight when he realizes we're not eating meat and ice cream's no longer in the freezer he says so what what is fasting <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i thought hey here's a moment yeah this here's is a dad sign i mean spiritual the lord's here yeah. you know like surely my son's going to capture the essence of fasting yeah. so i i start well so well son it's when you take some time and you make some decisions about, well, I'm not going to eat this food. And when I said food, I realized I had lost him. <laughs> His interest yeah. level plummeted. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, six years old. He'll get there yeah, eventually. One of these days. But I know the Lord, Bill, just walking with you for years now, has taught you so many things mm-hmm. about fasting. And so, man, help teach us some things that we need to be reminded well, it's so important to understand this, and the Bible talks about it a good deal. And and you uh, you read the lives of uh, men and women who've touched the world. You'll find this element of fasting in their regular rhythm of their life. You know, every Christmas we have all of our kids and grandkids come home, uh, which has just gotten more and more unbelievable this last year eight kids their their wives or husbands and 25 grandkids so there's 42 in the house uh for two weeks and uh it's just nuts but they all want to come home i mean even though it's crazy they all want to come home and i i thought about that they know they're loved and accepted there they know their dearest friends in the world their brothers and sisters are there they know they can get fed there for free uh, and the food is really good, as my wife cooks. And th- most important, they know they're home. They're just home. There's something about being home. Now, I know everybody doesn't have a home that they can go to at Christmas, uh, but you really do. And that is, you have a home in Christ. And the truth of the matter is, you'll never find the home you long for until you come home to Christ. Uh, That doesn't happen for everybody. In fact, most people never find that home in Christ. But David, the psalmist and the great king of Israel, he found this. And Psalm 16 is an incredible passage about the home that he found in Christ and how he got to that home. I I won't read the whole psalm, but look at these words in verse 7. 
I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. I've come home. I've come home to him. And then he says in verse 9 or verse 11, he will make me know the path of life. And in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, just think about what this means. First of all, God's presence, his home, is meant to be experienced. A lot of people talk about being in the presence of God and experience uh, very little of God. But God wants us to experience. He wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to find all the things that can only be found there. In this passage, if we had time to read all of it, uh, David coming home to God where he belonged, his presence provided refuge. He said, preserve me, O God. I take refuge in you. Goodness, you're my Lord. I have no good besides you. Riches, the Lord is my portion and the Lord is my inheritance. Counsel, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Even my mind is instructed in the night by the presence of God. Security, Lord, because I'm at your right hand, I will never be shaken. And just joy in your presence is fullness of joy. Now, the alternative is to live a life without those things. No security, no revelation, no refuge, uh, no counsel from God, because I am not walking in intimacy with him. I'm not coming home where I belong. I'm not in his presence. What a tragic life that is when God promises so much more. So you have to ask the question, uh, you know, God's presence is meant to be experienced, but God's presence is meant to be pursued. Pursued. A lot of people never get there because God has given us some means, but we have to utilize these means of grace to experience the presence of Christ and the fullness of Christ. One of those is the Word of God. If you never listen to God through His Word, you're never going to be intimate with Him. If you never pray, right? And prayer is not just coming in and dumping a load of requests at His feet. It's, it's a conversation between two people who love each other. And the Lord wants you to walk into His presence, shut the door, and pray to your Father humbly, in sincerity, in simplicity. He wants you home with Him so they can have these conversations. And one of the means that He's given us to get home and get into His presence and receive all that we can find only there is through fasting. We talked about this uh, before, but fasting is kind of a lost uh, it's a lost art. It's a lost spiritual discipline. Fasting is laying something aside temporarily to pursue something greater that has eternal significance. It's a temporary sacrifice for a long-lasting gain. And Jesus talked about this. In fact, in Matthew 6, he didn't say, you know, if you fast, it, maybe once a year when you fast, he just assumed when you fast, as I always think it's like he's, if he had glasses, which he didn't, 
he, he almost would look over his glass and say, now you are fasting, right? Uh, I'm assuming you're fasting because this is one of the means I've given you to come home, to get back into my presence. And it, it does several things. It quiets the noise. Now, here's how David said this in Psalm 35, 13. I love this verse. I humbled my soul with fasting. Now, many people often define the soul as the mind, the emotions, and the will. And we have a problem with our soul because our mind is often unrenewed and our emotions are often untamed and our will is unbroken. We want to think what we want to think. We want to feel what we want to feel. We want to decide what we want to decide. So what, what was David's answer to that? I humbled my soul through fasting. I, I brought my soul into submission. I brought my mind in submission so I would think about him. I brought my emotions under control, and I let my will get more deeply broken and surrendered, and I did that through fasting. And fasting can be done in multiple ways. All the references in Scripture are related to food, uh, because that's the we we deal with that constantly, and it's a constant interruption to us. A lot of times we get up in the morning and eat breakfast, and they think, "Well, what am I going to eat for a mid morning snack? And what am I going to eat at lunch? And what are we going to do at night?" And there's something about just quieting all that and saying, "No, I'm setting aside these times to just go home, just to get in the presence of the Lord, just to know Him more." Deeply, I I uh, talked to a guy uh, recently, one of the men on our staff at the summit, and uh, he was he was fasting from texting because that that was a thing he was just constantly it was just consuming him all day long, and he said I'm just going to lay this down for a while and just not not do it because I know it's the one thing that uh, constantly is noise in my life. And I, I fasted from that. And there are reasons not to fast. You don't fast to be seen by men. You don't fast just for physical purposes at all. But you fast to pursue something. So the presence of God, God's presence is meant to be experienced. God's presence has to be pursued. And what is fasting is pursuing God. <laughs> it's just going harder after God. I remember one life-changing fast in, in 2010. I came in the beginning of the year, and I was distant from the Lord. I don't know what all had happened, but I just, my heart was cold. And I just said, Lord, I, I just need to fall in love with you all over again. And at first, uh, you know, it was just hard. I was struggling, but toward the ends of that fast, and that's the way it usually happens with me, it usually takes a while to kind of purge my mind and my heart to get clear. Toward the end of that fast, the Lord just walked me into His presence. And honestly, it started a chain of things in the next two years that came, for me at least, and me as a leader, out of that time of more intense fasting. We fa we fast for power. Isaiah 58, is this not the fast which I chose to loosen the bonds of wickedness? We fast for prayer. 
This comes out by prayer and fasting. We, we fast for clarity. Ezra 8.23, we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter, and he listened to our entreaty. And we fast for intimacy, most importantly, just to pursue the Lord's presence. Daniel said, I gave my attention. I love this. I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him. How, how Daniel? By prayer and supplications and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. That was mourning over sin. So God wants us, like Psalm 16 says, to set the Lord continually before us so that we can come home. I love what, what Tozer said in his little book, Enjoying Intimacy with God. He said, each of the disciples was as close to Jesus as he chose to be. For the Son of God has no favorites. With him, there's no caprice or favoritism. Their relationship with him was the result of their own choice, conscious or unconscious. It is a sobering thought that we too are as close to Christ as we really choose to be. The place, this is not Tozer, excuse me, it's Oswald Sanders, but the, the place on Jesus's breast, he said, is still vacant and is open to any who are willing to pay the price of deepening intimacy. And then he says this, we are now and we will be in the future only as intimate with God as we really choose to be. Wow. Wow, what a statement. What a statement. And what a what a privilege yeah, right. to come home. Well, you think about it. Fasting is a way to find your way home. Yeah. You know, that fasting is this practice that the Lord has given us to put us on the right path mm -hmm. to just keep us coming. Keep yeah. coming close. Keep coming closer to me. Well, I know that we take time each of these podcasts to hear somebody that in a lot of these truths have lived it and mm -hmm. and we're gonna take some time now and hear from a, a spiritual father to me and a good friend and, and somebody that's seen a real move of God and has led through that and to learn some some stories, uh, to hear some stories of how fasting has impacted him and the church. So let's turn and listen to this for a few moments. Well, hey, we are blessed to have again with us David Jett, the senior pastor at Crossgates Baptist Church in Brandon, Mississippi, and that's his title, but he's way more than that to me and so many others. Uh, you guys have heard about David. You hear him every podcast episode uh, coming through me because this is my spiritual dad. This is the guy that taught me how to walk with the Lord, taught the guys that taught me uh, how to walk with the Lord. And I had the privilege of serving with him there uh, for five years at Crossgates. And David, I love you, dude. We're so glad to have you on here today. Man, it's thrilled to be here. I just Hey, I'm just honored. Yeah. Well, we have asked David to share, man, just knowing he, who he is spiritually and the way God has led him and the way he's led others. Uh, we talked about in our previous episode about fasting personally and how the Lord started you on that journey and what that's looked like and gave some great encouragement to people. But now let's look at fasting as it pertains to a church and what happens when God starts calling people to a fast and what you've seen happen in the past that sort of build our, our faith. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would say that, you know, let me say, first of all, to a pastor and just want to encourage some pastors out there that um, if you try to organize a fast, I can tell you that what I have found 
is it does have some merit, but it doesn't have a move, not like what you're wanting. Um, in other words, there's nothing wrong with calling a church to a fast, but if you're wanting a move of God, it's going to start with you. And one of the things that happened with us uh, whenever I was at Gardendale, Steve Gaines and myself were just, we were hungry for God. And uh, yeah, I remember him asking me, I'd just come out of business and he was asking me, I'd been there a year or two. And he says, man, what do you think we need to do to, to grow the church? And I said, I just told him, I said, Steve, I'll be honest with you. For me, um, I don't, I don't come to be entertained. Uh, if I want to be entertained, I'd rather watch a ball game or something. But I, I, I come because I want to meet with God. And I just said, I think if we'll get God here, I think people will come. And that really spoke something to him. In fact, he's written a book about that. And that whole concept, because what he did and what we began to do was say, okay, we want God to show up. And we had already gone on some fast, but we really stepped it up and began to just, that was about the time we, uh, wasn't long after that, we went on the first 40 day fast. And uh, as we began to do that, God began to change us. And I can tell you, pastor, when God changes you, he'll start changing your people. Uh, you know, Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And when Jesus starts speaking through you more and more and with more and more power and anointing, the people are going to actually be following Jesus, but they're going to be following you because they're following the Jesus in you. And so if you'll just start and then start asking God to bring some people alongside you that are hungry for, for him. And that's the whole thing. It's a hunger for him. And as you start doing that, what will happen is he'll start burdening the hearts of others and you'll have other people that will be begin to get hungry for for a move of God. And I can tell you that uh, we were in Alabama. Uh, we didn't necessarily call the church to a, quote, church wide fast. Um, but what we did was there were it just began to just kind of overflow out of us. And before long, others begin to learn how to fast and they begin to go into fasting as well. And what God did is he began to change people. And as he began to change people, then he began to change the culture. And just, just remember that, you know, Jesus didn't start off with the 5,000 that he fed. He started off with 120 in the upper room. And when they got filled with the spirit, that's when the church exploded. And so I would just say, you know, ask God to raise up that remnant, that remnant that's hungry for a move of God. And if you say, well, man, I don't even have a remnant, I would say you do. You're just going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to uh, awaken in you and in them uh, what he's wanting to do. And then as he does that, that'll begin the process. And so I guess I'm more, um, and this is probably, this is just my experience. Um, I've just found if you try to manufacture it, um, it does do some good. Uh, I will say that it does do some good. But if you let the Holy Spirit lead it and really lead you and lead people, um, you're going to see something special happen. And so that's kind of where I would I would probably tell a yeah. pastor in, yeah. in that. I've watched in your life and leadership, you know, because the Lord's allowed you to be a part of churches that, that are big, you know, that's grown in the garden. You, you were there through all that big growth and then cross gates is a larger church as, as well in leading. But what I always loved about you uh, is that the Lord obviously gift you and giving you the ability to lead you know, a large group of people uh, on a journey, but you model it with a few, you mm -hmm. know, like you model it with a few. And, and, and I think 
I mean, that's the truth. My testimony here as somebody that's been uh, graced to go on many extended fasts at this point is, man, I watched you. You know, if you get up close to, to somebody, and I think it's what you're saying, hey, pastors out there, if, if the Lord's doing this in you, you're going to reproduce it. <laughs> you're going to reproduce it. And that's real, and it spreads like fire. So, yes, do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yes, do seasons, moments, days of prayer. Like all those things are get it on the calendar, and, and the Lord will honor that. But, but also be so authentic in it. That, right. that there's you're paving the way you've done that man well and, and I, I just found that that you know when you read the scriptures again jesus wasn't a solo act trying to get everybody to do the right thing he went and found some guys and he said follow me and i'll make you become fishers of men and whenever they followed him it wasn't there was teaching all the time but it was was more them seeing you know, the kingdom worked through his life. And, you know, even the apostle Paul said, follow me as I'm following Christ. There is this reality that I would say to every pastor out there that, man, just go back to the call of God on your life and be reminded that whenever God called you, he called you first to himself. He called you to be a man of God, but then he called you to shepherd and the sheep that he's, that he's carrying and putting under your care. And, and listen, I get the whole thing of the overwhelmed side, but I made a decision. And this is just a decision I made young before, well, actually, whenever God called me in the ministry, before he allowed me in, in a decision that first and foremost, I was going to be a man who walked with God. That was my first focus. And, um, and I, I just said, I'm not backing down on that, even, you know, to this day. I mean, I get up every morning and, and have to spend time with the Lord first because I know me. And I know that uh, what happens in ministry, a lot of times we get so caught up in ministry and in messages that we, we miss, you know, meeting with, if you want to say it this way, with preachers talking with a master, we don't, we don't spend time with him. And if we'll do that first, yeah. you know, seek first the kingdom of God, uh, then what happens is, and this is what I found the Lord does, is there are people in your church or people in your community, maybe not even in your church yet that are crying out to him and he will bring those divine connections as he'll start putting you together. And as he does walk into those fasts, start into those. And then whenever you've got, I believe a group that are hungry for God and not just, you know, hungry just for a move of God, but hungry for him. And whenever you get there, then you can start calling the church to a fast. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. That's just what I found was right. um, a powerful way for me. Right. Well, man, I love it. And I love, I, I shared with you before we started this podcast, you know, you guys went on that journey mid nineties and started praying and fasting for a real move of God. And I am, I'm the fruit of that. I came to Christ at 19 years old in 1999, you know, and I read years later, Bill Bright's book, The Coming Revival, you know, which was a call to pastors all over the U.S. to pray for the next move of God by the year 2000 and Bill Bright in heaven now, you know, he, he might have thought, well, that went over okay, but not in scope like he thought. But man, I'm I'm the fruit. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm a part of that. That men that sought the Lord and praying for the lost and came to know Christ during all that. So I sure appreciate your fasting and <laughs> <laughs> what it meant for me personally. So hey, Jet, we love you. Thank you for doing this. I know we're gonna catch you again. For all those on our One Cry podcast, as always, we want to encourage you. To man, take some time and think about what 
God say into you out of these truths, out of this testimony in the church? Uh, and, and, and listen, don't just hear it. Obey. Make some adjustments. Right, what's, what's, what's the Lord? Because he wants you. The Lord is after you. And then share it with somebody. Uh, pass it on to somebody that might be an encouragement. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Well, I love David Jett. <laughs> I just uh, because because he 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 walks. If there's a door that God wants him to go through, he goes through it. Yeah. And because of that, through the years, not only has he come home to the Lord in His presence, right. but He's taken a lot of people with yeah, Him. Man. And you know what? You want to be that kind of guy. Absolutely. I want to be that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. And and if if you are listening. I'm sure you want that. Yeah. And you're probably listening to this podcast because you think, I just want more of God. I, yeah. I want to listen. I want to glean, mm-hmm. you know. So we're going to pray uh, again about whatever it takes to get you home yeah. and to take others with you. And let me begin our yeah. prayer time. Father, uh, we're just so grateful that you have these pathways and these tools and these means, and you don't you don't hide them from us. They're out in plain view. Uh, they're accessible. They're they're easy on ramps to literally walk into your presence and shut the door and commune with you. So, Lord, I pray that we go there. I pray we wouldn't hesitate. I I pray we wouldn't sit around and think, oh, I got to do this duty of fasting and. And we would be fearful about it and have to plan. Lord, just help us to pursue you and to pursue your presence and take us there. Yeah, Lord, and you want us. Like the thought of you gave us this practice in our life to help us get close. And so I just pray for people listening today and those that it would spread to, uh, Lord, that that steps would be taken, uh, Lord, that meals would be laid aside. And, and conversations would be started, and lives would be changed. Churches would be impacted. The thought as Bill was saying, uh, Lord, about David, uh, Lord, that what you did in him spread to others. And so I just I asked, Lord, that, that fasting would become such a powerful practice in the lives of some people listening today that they'll have some spiritual babies, some sons and daughters mm-hmm. that would follow them into that, Lord, and it would shake the world. So, Lord, I pray you do that for your glory. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're honored to have you today on the One Cry podcast. We hope you would share it. And listen, if you get something out of this, one of the greatest things you can do is pass it along. Yeah. yeah. Pass it along, share it with somebody. And, and we look forward to having you week after week, and we'll see you soon.